You are listening to the Health and Wellness Connection Podcast, the number one wellness podcast designed to provide the latest information to help you achieve your health and wellness goals. Our show features exciting guests, the latest in medical research, and in-depth discussions in current trends on weight loss, nutrition, and fitness. No matter what your interest, the Health and Wellness Podcast has you covered. And now, presenting your illustrious host, Dr. Barry, M.D. Hello, 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 and thank you for listening to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast. I want to thank you for being a faithful listener and checking us out every week on Afro Vibes Radio. But hey, if you somehow don't get a chance to check us out Thursdays, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on Afro Vibes Radio, please don't hesitate to check out our podcast page. That's anchor.fm backslash hwconnection. That's h-w-c-o-n-n-e-c-t-i-o-n. Again, check us out on our anchor.fm podcast page. Check out all the shows uploaded there immediately after the show airs on Afrovibes Radio. Also, if you want to listen to the show live on Afrovibes Radio, please download the app, afrovibesradio.com. You can download it from the, the website or go to your local or favorite, sorry, mobile OS app, be it Android or iPhone. Download the app on your phone today. You can stream the show as well as the awesome Afrobeat music collection live on your phone for free. Again, no money down, all free, all awesomeness. Do it today. Again, um, if you want to reach out to me personally, you can always get at me on Instagram. Um, my uh, name, Dr. Barry MD, D R B A R R Y M D. Also, you can email me at Dr. Barry Health at gmail.com. That's Dr. Barry, D R B A R R Y H E A L T H at gmail.com. And last but not least, Facebook is also where we're at, posting all the shows as well as other exciting articles. Check us out at www.facebook.com backslash next level weight loss. Again, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We love hearing from listeners. Any feedback, any even sponsorship opportunities, because we are um, very highly listened podcast. Always looking for sponsors. Check us out if you're interested in sponsoring the show. And also, you can do it on the Anchor FM page. You can donate, become a super sponsor. We're going to get a lot of cool freebies for those people who do sign up. So check us out again. It's Dr. Barry here. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the show. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Health and Wellness Connection. Hello, it's your host, Dr. Barry, here again. I want to thank you for joining us for what I hope will be an entertaining and informative episode of the Health and Wellness Connection. Now, anyone who listens to the show regularly knows that our focus here is on health and wellness and trying to ensure that we are doing our best to maximize our health and wellness to, you know, ensure that we have, you know, the most vivacious and, uh, you know, healthy life that we can. And in this age of the coronavirus, um, it's never been more important to make sure your health is A1. So we're going to talk about some things that, you know, um, we believe may be leading to some of the the deaths we're seeing in some of these corona patients, as well as new research regarding the coronavirus and some of the things that um, scientists are noticing about how the virus infects people and whether or not that may affect how we approach treatment. 
Now, before we get into that, let's kind of talk about the numbers. Uh, you know, this is now um, the second week of April. Um, we're in the throes of the coronavirus epidemic. Currently, the United States is considered the epicenter of the virus with almost um, one third of the total cases seen worldwide. I believe currently in the United States, there are about over 400,000 uh, people who are currently infected with the virus, but about 15, almost, sorry, with almost 15,000 deaths. So, um, you know, United States definitely am leading the world currently in number of virus patients as well as deaths. Um, Spain is also uh, not too far behind in deaths anyway, with 14,000 deaths with um, just a little bit over 140,000 infections. So a little bit higher death rate in Spain um, and as well as Italy and other countries, country that's been devastated by the virus. 140,000 people apparently believed to be infected. About 17,600 patients are believed to have died. So yeah, it's definitely, you know, still going um, pretty strong in many countries. Now, one thing that we're noticing, though, as far as the overall new infection rates, those numbers are actually declining. Um, there was little fewer uh, new infections um, in the United States over the past few days. It's believed that this is potentially a result of all the measures that have been put in place to help combat the virus with the main one obviously being the social distancing push as well as um, many states and <clears throat> municipalities throughout the country um, enforcing do not um, or let's just say enforcing stay in shelter orders so a lot of people are staying in their homes unable to go to restaurants or other public venues due to local um, laws in their area so believe that these various uh, measures being instituted over different parts of the country, especially New York, Los Angeles, Seattle, and new, more recently, Florida, it has helped reduce some of the, the new cases that have been um, developing over the past few days. So it's believed that if these new cases continue to taper off and slow down, we should potentially be on the end of this um, epidemic for the next month or two. Now, one thing that's actually very um, exciting is that the models that were initially created to predict the mortality of the virus have actually currently or ha have actually have actually recently been revised. Um, the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluations based out of the University of Washington, they're the people who created the initial models that kind of prompted the entire concern for the uh, nationwide shutdown. I think the uh, numbers where Trump was referring to he said that if nothing was done, millions would die and stuff. While he did exaggerate a bit, the models initially were fairly, um, fairly dire. So apparently, um, the new modeling from the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluations predicted that, um, you know, there are going to be significantly decreased uh, numbers of deaths nationwide than previously, than, than previously predicted. All right, so the previous projection, projections from the model out of the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation, predicted about 200,000 um, deaths, um, apparently, that was believed to occur if nothing was done. Um, so now that there have been a lot of measures being put in place, like social distancing and so forth, um, the new revisions have just come out, and it's believed that um, we are going to face a peak of about 60,000 deaths by early August. These are, again, the new 
uh, predictions based on uh, new modeling numbers that have been created based on some of the new measures we've been instituting here in the United States. So very good news for, you know, the health professionals um, who are dealing with patients and you know, really are trying to reduce the number of sick people who present the hospitals because that's really been the entire issue the entire time, especially when it comes to social distancing and the different laws being put in place. We really did not want to overwhelm the hospitals. This is what really affected um, a lot of different facilities in various countries. Um, Italy being a, 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 a pretty clear example of this where hospitals were overwhelmed with patients to the point where staff were unable to really cope and take care of them safely, resulting in many staff uh, dying due to lack of protective equipment and other um, inability to resuscitate staff due to lack of medical equipment and so forth. So it's been very, very, um, you know, um, concerning, you know, and very an important issue that many um, health experts have been trying to figure out as far as reducing that onslaught of patients because we all know that this COVID um, syndrome caused by the uh, novel COVID-19 virus, it's a unique phenomenon because it's believed to um, really cause significant issues to the lungs and it's believed that because the lungs are so compromised during this infection in certain patients that you tend to have um, an increased need to provide oxygen support, meaning that patients need to be put on a oxygen breathing apparatus to help them get oxygen into their lungs to help oxygenate their blood. And it's something that usually needs to be done in a critical care setting. For this reason, um, the demand for ventilators, which are the breathing machines that are used to help keep patient oxygen levels up, have been in such high demand. Uh, many countries and, and states in the United States have been fighting for ventilators and um, federal government and other institutions have been trying to allocate appropriate numbers to ensure that all the hospitals are able to take care of patients that they come across. However, um, they're still concerned that the ventilators may not be enough and there's still a strong push being made by many manufacturers throughout the country and the world for, for that matter to create ventilators to help take care of those patients that may need them as this epidemic rages on. Now, of course, within the United States, the worst hit um, areas are, of course, New York with the death count of 6,000, New Jersey, 1,500, Michigan, 959. And uh, there's been a lot of different um, issues in these various states where all different health disparities that are being seen. But one thing that's being consistently seen in multiple areas of the country, especially those with large African-American populations, is that the vast majority of patients who are dying from COVID are actually African-American populations. And this is being seen, especially in cities like Chicago, which is where it's believed about 70% of people who have died from COVID infections are African-American. Michigan has seen a very similar phenomenon with many patients in Detroit. Um, I think it was believed 40% of the patients who died in Detroit are believed to be African-American, where only 14% of the population is believed to be African-American. So Unfortunately, African-Americans are disproportionately um, affected by this virus. And the re reasons behind this are actually multifactorial. Um, Dr. Fauci was actually questioned on this aspect regarding this increased deaths in the African-American community. And he actually uh, answered in a very sobering and um, honest way, stating that due to the health disparities seen in the African-American community um, as a result of multiple issues, not include not um, inclusive, but um, definitely involving 
a lack of access to appropriate health. The problem of an exacerbation of a health disparity. We've known literally forever that diseases like diabetes, hypertension, obesity, and asthma are disproportionately afflicting the minority populations, particularly the African-Americans. Unfortunately, when you look at the predisposing conditions that lead to a bad outcome with coronavirus, the things that get people into ICUs that require intubation and often lead to death, they are just those very comorbidities that are unfortunately disproportionately prevalent in the African-American population. So we're very concerned about that. It's very sad. It's nothing we can do about it right now except to try and give them the best possible care to avoid those complications. Thank you. Thank you very much. And don't care, um, you know, racism within the healthcare industry, as well as a lack of trust um, with healthcare uh, professionals amongst the African-American community, all leading to increased um, comorbidities, increased um, or decreased the health profiles, making them, or African-Americans in this case, highly susceptible to the COVID virus. So um, it's something that's really exposed some of the issues <clears throat> that have existed in the healthcare industry, especially for African-Americans historically. And this condition or this syndrome has worsened that overall phenomenon. So hopefully things will be done to help kind of ameliorate some of these issues, especially the high death rate and clinicians are going to be working harder to ensure that they're identifying these patients who are sick and uh, who may be increasingly susceptible and ensure they're getting proper um, care and they're being managed adequately. So to further quantify these differences in survival rates between African-American uh, patients and other patients, um, many um, groups, um, including the uh, CDC, um, are starting to include age, uh, gender, and race in their data to the, try to get an idea of how many patients are actually dying and how this breaks down when it comes to race, gender, and class. So um, ultimately, um, this entire epidemic is really showing the vulnerabilities of the U.S. medical healthcare system. And I think that uh, because of this, there will be a strong push to really ensure that um, healthcare is um, made more readily available to populations that may not be uh, able to access it due to either financial issues or other potential um, you know, uh, physical issues, lack of actual facilities and so forth. Um, one thing that also that um, one of the political candidates in the American political race, Bernie Sanders, who actually dropped out this week, um, was the whole Medicare for All um, uh, position, meaning that every American should have access to health care for um, their, uh, themselves and their family at no cost at the point of service. Um, it's believed that if the system like such were in place, it would encourage people to go and seek treatment, to go and seek help without fear of large financial bills as a result of seeking medical, medical care. Um, one thing that's actually being um, not talked about enough is the fact that many people who are suffering from these COVID infections um, are actually being found dead um, in their homes. It's believed that um, in New York, for instance, between 150 to 200 people a day are being found unresponsive in their homes um, who are believed to um, have died in their homes as a result of not seeking medical care in a timely fashion. Um, and many believe this is due to their fear of high costs or their fear of 
being turned away due to not being, you know, considered um, worthy of treatment. So, um, you know, it's something that's really caused a lot of people to reassess the healthcare industry and uh, expect many things to change as a result of this pandemic once this is all said and done. So, again, this is a um, first half of the show, guys. We have some more information, new other research topics we're going to discuss, as well as other controversial dis- topics within the whole coronavirus set. Um, show that we're going to discuss as well so stay tuned guys it's your host dr barry here more show for you after the break hello 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 and welcome back to the health and wellness connection podcast slash radio show again i want to thank you guys for listening of course we're always broadcasting on afro vibes radio 4 p.m wednesdays every week that's central standard time i should say and also in case you missed the streaming of the show you can also catch us on our podcast you can subscribe to the podcast really anywhere be it uh sound i mean sorry um spotify itunes google play you know deezer all your favorite um music platforms you can also subscribe to our podcast feed at anchor that's a-n-c-h-o-r dot f-m backslash hwc connection so again we're talking about the corona uh, epidemic, the pandemic, I should say. And we really want to kind of, you know, kind of hit some of the research that's been coming out lately and kind of some of the things that we've been seeing on the horizon um, regarding the corona that may actually bode well for the actual uh, pandemic actually um, not being as bad as we initially um, suspected. Like we said earlier, the new models have come out out of Seattle, Washington, um, that really um, decreased the number of potential deaths expected with this current pandemic in the United States. Um, again, previous models had it at 250,000 expected deaths, some even went higher. Um, new revised models were showing the numbers coming down to about 60,000. So uh, while it's still a very significant number, it's definitely a good sign that um, you know the numbers are improving um, from the initial feared projections. Um, and so there's a lot of things that have been changing and you know it's been a fluid kind of process as far as the whole um, response to the pandemic. Again, initially, there was a lot of concern that um, the U.S. was a little bit um, slow in its initial response to the pandemic as far as ensuring that states were adequately prepared with testing capability and so forth. Um, but, you know, as the pandemic progressed, you know, there's been a robust response um, to try to re- rectify that. Um, a lot of uh, supplies being shipped across the nation, even though there's still a lot of arguments, still a lot of issues. For the most part, there um, has been a, a concerted effort by both the federal government and state governments to try to address the issues, especially regarding PPE and ensuring that, you know, testing was you know made more available. Now, of course, there's a lot of controversy and so forth in the testing arena, and that's still, you know, being worked out, but we hope that, uh, you know, things are being done on all levels to ensure that, you know, those issues regarding PPE especially are improved. Um, but one thing that's really been a source of controversy is the mask situation. Um, there was a lot of issues as far as the recommendations because there were some um, conflicting uh, recommendations that were being given out. And some people say that the WHO is to blame. Some people say the CDC is to blame. But the reality is, it's, I think, a failure of all parties involved. Um, you know, and there's been a lot of issues and, you know, a lot of really... Um, harsh words being spoken by both the Trump administration and um, the leader of the of the the leader of the WHO, Tedros 
Adhanam. And the reason why this is important and kind of why I don't want to get too much into politics on this show is more about health and wellness. And <laughs> politics is probably the <laughs> anti-wellness <laughs> issue. But no, seriously, politics is important. But, you know, definitely want to you know, reduce our exposure to that here as much as we can. But it is relevant here because um, uh, Mr. Tedros Anham, who's the leader of the WHO, apparently was being faulted for leaning too heavily on China's recommendations during the early phase of the, of the um, pandemic. We all know that the initial pandemic originated in China. However, it's believed that um, many are feeling, especially across Europe and Western um, Western countries, that China hasn't been fully forthcoming as far as the facts regarding the virus. Uh, for instance, it was initially believed that it was impossible to have human-to-human -human transmission during the early phase. Um, you know, this is something that could have been easily debunked, especially when you look at some of the um, physicians in China who were trying to get the word out regarding the dangers of the virus and how infectious it was. And to even think that there was a period where it was believed there was no human to human transmission has to be pretty, pretty outrageous. So, you know, that kind of is a little disturbing, knowing that was actually perpetuated as a potential fact at one point. And then ultimately, this came to deal with the whole mask question because it was believed that masks were um, really effective only in keeping people who were sick from getting others sick meaning that if you're sick and you have a mask on when you cough you're you know the projectile doesn't fly forward it doesn't fly as far uh, it's more subdued and those are actually correct now you still do spread um, you know particulate matter so therefore if you're sick and you wear a mask you aren't effectively preventing everyone else from getting sick around you. That's why you should be just staying home. The mask is really for like getting literally to and from the hospital, to and from whatever appointments you have. But you shouldn't be just out and about hanging out thinking because you have a mask on and you're sick. You won't get anyone else sick because you can still get other people sick because that mask does not seal your entire face and mouth properly to reduce or to prevent the virus from getting out. So please, if you're sick, stay home. Wearing a mask and heading out is still a not a good idea. Now, if you're someone who's taking care of someone who is sick, meaning that you're not ill, but you know someone who's ill who's near you, wearing a mask is probably a good idea at all times because you can reduce the chance that you're going to inhale or have the virus land on your mucosal membranes, on your mouth or your nose. This is why the mask can be effective. If you're, if you're someone who's well and you want to move about in the city, let's say you want to walk around and go to the store, go to a place where you think there's going to be a lot of people, Wearing a mask will probably be a good idea because if someone is somehow sick around you and they're coughing, hopefully they're wearing a mask. If they're out, should they shouldn't be out. But let's say they decide to come out anyway. They'll be now, you know, before you could just be upset and you have to move about. Now you can probably call the police on them and probably get them arrested for being sick knowingly out and about. So do what you got to do. But either way, if you're wearing a mask and someone is sick around you, the mask will reduce the likelihood that that virus will land on your mucosal membranes. That's being your nose, your mouth, and also it can go through your eyes. So this is why if you are knowingly around someone who's sick, like healthcare workers, for instance, eyewear becomes very important. Face shields become very important. These can help reduce the chance that the virus will land on your eye membranes, nose, or mouth, which is used to typically how the virus um, gets into your system. Again, this is why hand washing is so important because that's actually the most common way the virus enters the body, meaning you touch something, then you touch your mouth, touch your nose, and then from there you get infected. So either way, the mask becomes very important if you're around people who are sick or 
if you're in a public environment where <clears throat> you don't know the health of the individuals around. Now, that being said, 50% of patients who do have coronavirus are asymptomatic. So people are running around feeling great, spreading the virus. And that's why the mass issue becomes so paramount because it's believed that because there's a lot of people who are healthy, moving about, no issues, but still actively spreading the virus, um, you probably should be wearing a mask, minimizing touching things, touching things as much as you can because people who are probably feeling fine, but maybe spreading the virus. And uh, that's just the way this virus operates. It's a very you know, insidious virus, but you know, while it's the bright side is that most patients who do get the infection will do fine. Um, there is a small subset of patients who will do very, very poorly. And this is kind of the reason why um, the whole issue surrounding this pandemic is making sure we reduce exposure to those who are susceptible to the infection. So this is where the mask becomes important because the mask will help reduce transmission between people as well as reduce the creation of new asymptomatic spreaders. And it will also reduce the chance that you potentially could get sick and become a seriously symptomatic patient, you know, which is something we always want to uh, reduce the chance of. So masks, I think, will definitely become a uh, way of life in this post-corona era just due to what we know about the virus. And now all the facts are out. We do know that it's aerosolized. Um, the virus, you know, if you sneeze, for instance, it can hang out in the air um, for three to eight hours. Um, it can also, um, even though the reality is while it's aerosolized, the chance of you literally inhaling a random virus in the middle of the jog or something and no one's near you and it lands on you and gets you sick, it's pretty low. Like you need a, a decent load of virus to really get the virus infection going. So this is why, you know, if you're, if someone is masked and they sneeze, um, the, re the trajectory of the, uh, um, virus is far reduced. It goes from, uh, probably like a few inches, maybe, uh, and that goes laterally up and down. It doesn't really go forward too much. The mask does reduce the forward projection of the virus when you do sneeze and you're sick. So this is why the mask again is, is critical for those who are ill. Um, but overall, if you're in a public place with a lot of people around wearing a mask, is probably a good idea. If you're in a uh, outdoor area where there's a lot of fresh air to help kind of circulate and reduce the chance of the virus being in a higher concentration, um, this is probably what a mask may not be critical, um, but still probably handy to have. And some of the new laws being passed because their CDC did just recommend that masks are something that people should be considering to wear, even though our president, uh, Donald Trump, has refused to wear a mask saying that it doesn't befit him. But um, because, you know, this kind of Corona lifestyle is going to be something the mask will be an integral part of. It's going to be something that everyone will have to figure out, you know, you know what they want to do. Now, for me personally, you know, I'm in the healthcare field. I wear all kinds of contraptions. You can <laughs> see my Instagram and so forth that we have to wear all sorts of devices because, you know, as a frontline ER physician, I actually do see COVID patients uh, uh, here and there. And and I'm definitely, you know, you know, cognizant of the fact that as someone who's frequently in front of people who potentially could have issues, you want to be well protected and masks are critical and N95 for healthcare workers, like people who are high concentration, especially uh, police, um, garbage sanitation, people who are around um, a lot of uh, areas where there are high levels of contamination definitely should be wearing appropriate masks. N95s, just because you want to reduce the chance the virus can penetrate because you're in an area of a high concentration uh, of viruses in the atmosphere. So yes, the mask thing is going to be a way of life. And 
ultimately, I think it's something that you know will help reduce the spread of the virus. So just look forward to that um, and try to get some uh, <laughs> masks that'll help um, you know reduce the chance of you becoming ill or becoming a super spreader. That being said, um, the beef between the WHO and the uh, United States is actually becoming pretty significant to the point where the United States um, has actually considered um, withdrawing funding to the WHO. So, you know, as a healthness, as a wellness uh, clinician, this is concerning because WHO, despite this uh, uh, mishap, um, is still fairly important in helping fighting uh, global pandemics and uh, uh, helping set the standard for how to face uh, global health issues. So hopefully this will be figured out soon because uh, this is important for the wellness of the world, literally, as far as in terms of the WHO and making sure that it's truly giving good information and not being overly influenced by other uh, countries. In this case, um, China, which is what the U.S. is alleging in this situation. So again, um, very interesting situation, um, something that everyone should be paying attention to just because of the global ramifications, especially currently with the global pandemic, pandemic ongoing. That being said, the mask thing is something that um, I think as a result will be something we have to deal with going forward. So again, this is uh, Dr. Barry running to the end of the show here. Thank you for listening uh, to the Health and Wellness Connection. Uh, we are going to be broadcasting throughout the quarantine period. So any questions or concerns, guys, please reach out to us. We'll be very happy to uh, answer those. And again, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Health and Wellness Podcast. For more info, check us out on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash next level weight loss. Our show can also be found on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com forward slash HW Connection. Lastly, for any inquiries, email us at drberryhealth at gmail.com. Until next time.